Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Two weeks ago, we began a series entitled Closer. And having a relationship with God that would be so dynamic, like we're having right now, where we're laughing and talking and sharing with one another. How cool would that be? Well, now we're going to talk about silence. But what does it really mean to really capture silence? Now, listen to these words as we talk about being closer. J. Oswald Sanders says, Every one of us is as close to God as he has chosen to be. You know, there's an old adage you used to say, if you feel far from God, guess who moved? Um, The fact is, on every front, we're only as close as we choose to be. When it comes to marriage, our friends, our children, I mean, it's a choice. And when it comes to silence, can I just say that this may be the most difficult of choice that we need to make? Let me share a story with you. You know, back in the 1700s, the 1800s, there were pastors, pastors who rode on horseback to their church. I know some of you are thinking maybe our pastor needs to do that. I do. Okay. My horse is entitled Hemi. Okay. All right. And I like to saddle up. Okay. But, but pastors used to travel from church to church on horseback because there wasn't enough pastors to pastor the churches. And these pastors were called circuit riders. In fact, the church that I pastor, a Wesleyan church, began with one of those circuit writers named John Wesley. Now, this might shock you. Uh, This is just by way of trivia. Uh, They say that he rode over 250,000 miles on a horse during his lifetime. If you don't know how far that is, that's being on a horse, the back of a horse, and going around our earth 10 times. In fact, they say he spent more hours on the back of a horse than you and I will ever put miles on a car in our lifetime. That's just nuts to think about, isn't it? Well, there's a story about one of those circuit riders, and he's out riding when he came upon a man working in his field, wanting to start a conversation, be friendly, and thinking, maybe I can invite him to church. He simply calls out, fine day, isn't it, my friend? To which the farmer looked up and said, fine for you. He said, all you do is ride around in a horse thinking about God while I have to sweat out here in a field and then walk home afterwards. Just doesn't seem fair, does it? The preacher responded, well, you're right. And you do work hard and I admired that. But I don't think you realize the kind of work that I do. I don't think you do, sir. See, I don't think I would call it work. Again, all you do is ride around in the back of a horse thinking about God. That's not work. Well, it's harder than you think, said the pastor, but then he had an idea. He said, I'll tell you what. Just to show you how difficult my work is, I'll make a deal with you. If you can think about God and nothing else for just one minute, I'll give you my horse. The farmer thought, oh my goodness, you can't be serious. Oh, yes, I am. But for one minute, all you can do is think about God. You're on, said the farmer. And immediately he sat down in silence. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 25 seconds. 
It was then he looked up and says, does that include the saddle? <laughs> now, I want to help you with that. I know some of you are like, it's going to take a moment to get it, okay? But, but remember, the, the goal was to think only about God. So obviously somewhere in those 25 seconds, he began to think about a saddle, okay? And, and I, I just have to ask this. Is it even possible for you and I, for a mere 60 seconds, to even think only about God? Keith, you, you shared that story with me earlier this week. And so this morning in my devotion time, it came back to me. I went, okay. And I started, and I went, oh my, because I started thinking about God, but then I immediately started thanking him for this person, that person, and that. And I, I couldn't stay focused on who just he was. That was hard. I don't think we can. Man. I was um, ready to come to go out, and I was in our patio because I'm, you know, it's summer and spring, and I've got pots and everything. And I was just sitting very quietly. There was no noise, and I was just sitting. And I'd like to say it was sitting silently and just, you know, listening to the Lord, but I wasn't. I was waiting for Tom to tell me it's time to go, but, but I couldn't sit still. I was tapping my foot. I was looking at the great pot, and it was just frustrating to sit there maybe a, a few minutes, and then he came out. So. We're so cluttered with noise, and I'm not just talking about the noise around us. I'm talking about the noise within us. That we're so accustomed, we're so in tune, we're so now hardwired. I, I don't think we can do it. And, and I know that almost seems like, like it's really hopeless, isn't it, when we think about silence. But let me just offer a moment of grace. I think that if we just would attempt, I think it would mean something to God. Listen to the words of Jean Arp. He was a German painter, a sculptor that came out of the early 20th century. Here's what he says. We've turned our back on silence. We've turned our back on it. He says, for day after day, we invent machines, devices that increase the noise and thus distract us from the essence of life. But then he goes on and listen, listen to this description. This inhuman void, those are powerful words, this inhuman void spreads outrageously like a gray vegetation. And you know what he's saying? Because we're so accustomed to noise and we've adopted as, as, it, as norm in our lives, we can't even see the beauty and the color of the world around us. Like, like most days that I get up and, and literally the tens, the twenties, the thirties of people that I run into and interact with, it, it is a rare find to hear someone say, did you see the sunrise this morning? Or did you see that beautiful rainbow after the storm? We don't even see it. The color of the world has been, if you will, been sucked out and everything has turned to an ugly gray. Mother Teresa says this, we need to find God. And I would agree, wouldn't you all? She says, but he cannot be found in noise and restlessness. He cannot be found there. God is the friend of silence. He's the friend of silence. And then she says this, and I, I find this just amazing. Just see how nature, trees, flowers, grass, 
grow in silence. Just think about the billions of trees that are in the Colorado mountains and no one even knows they're there right now. And yet they're incredibly healthy, growing. She goes on to write, see the stars, the moon and the sun, how they all move in silence. She goes on to say, we need silence for God to touch our soul. So David said, he said, be still, be silent, and then you'll know that he is God. If you got your Bibles, I want to invite you to go to the book of Exodus. Exodus 33. I'm going to begin in the seventh verse. It was Moses's practice. Okay. It was Moses's what? practice. This word practice means something that he didn't do occasionally. He did all the time. You with me on that? It was routine. It was a habit. This is what Moses did on a day-to-day basis, you might say. So it was Moses's practice to take the tent and set it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Now, again, this was Moses's practice. He would take the tent outside a good distance from the camp, from all of the Israelites, from God's people. Now, I want to clarify this because I want to say it again. Notice this was his practice. But why did he take the tent outside the camp? It's a great question to ask. Uh, This is before the tabernacle was built. So you could say the tent was kind of the pre-tabernacle. But we know in history that when the tabernacle was built, it was built in the center of the camp, if you will. It was the center. It was where it was supposed to be. So why did Moses set it outside the camp? Well, you have to understand at this point that the Israelites, they're out in the desert. They've been freed from slavery, but most of the journey thus far has been about them. It's been about complaint. I'm hungry. God gives him manna. You know, he brought us to the Red Sea and now we're going to die. And, and they complain. I mean, it's nothing God does is good enough. Now, I say that because I want you to listen to this very carefully. They were so wrapped up in themselves that when you read the commentaries and the study of this passage, the reason that Moses built it outside is because God said, I'm tired of being in their world. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of them thinking they know best. I'm tired of them being the piece of the pie. I'm tired of them uh, making, can I play with this, church an hour. And, and even then, people are still checking the watch to see when they're done. And one commentary says this, God was tired of their pollution. And he said, Moses, I want you to take the tent outside Because if they really want me, let me see how bad they really want it. There's something about that that you need to understand. And so Moses, this became his practice. Why? Because being with God and and experiencing the silence and the solitude and slowing down was very important to Moses. And so the Bible goes on to say, now watch this. And everyone who sought the Lord, those who really wanted to see the Lord, They would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent, 
which was his practice, that all the people would arise and stand each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. I just find that interesting. Almost to, to the tune that when Moses would pass by and they'd see him walking out of the camp, going out to the tent to meeting, it was like God always did something amazing. They were intrigued by it. Boy, I'd like to be that kind of people today in our world. That people would actually see something in me that they would want it. It, it, would, it would capture their attention. Look what it goes on to say. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. Not Moses would speak to the Lord. The Lord would speak with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud, the glory of God standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship each at the entrance of his tent. Now watch this. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. I want that relationship. That the Lord would speak to me. And just like we're talking now, God spoke with Moses. I want that. It's obviously possible. It's obviously possible. And so we're going to talk about silence and us being the sheep and the, right, uh, God's flock. I've entitled this message, The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> so if you got your notes, I want you to write in. We're going to look at two things of what it means to really be closer with God, to hear his voice and, and understand silence. Now, these are very important action items. So if you got the first, I want you to write it in. Here's the first one. You're going to have to want. You're going to have to want it. And that want to step away and shut out. You're going to have to want it. You're going to have to want to hear God's voice in such a way that you will step away and you will shut out the world's noise. Look at the Bible says again. It was Moses's practice, again, his habit, to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request, everyone who wanted to seek and seek the Lord, they would go out, they would go out they wanted to hear God, thus they would what? They would get up. They would step away. They would shut everything out. My friends, there's just something about, isn't it? There's something about uh, wanting to get up and get away. Like, like having a vacation. You know what I'm talking about? They say it all the time. We all need a vacation. And yet it's crazy because they say less than 20% of Americans in the employment world actually take their full vacation days. And yet, do you not hear people all the time going, I just got to have a vacation. Over 80% of the people don't even take it. But, but I think it's because of noise. There, there's something about getting... Have you ever known someone that needs a vacation from the vacation? They go on a vacation and when they come home, it's like, oh, I'm so glad that two weeks are up. I need a vacation from the vacation. It's like, that doesn't make sense. 
It's like they don't get it, but I, I think it's true in our normal lives. We just don't get it. Do you know what the Bible says in Isaiah 30? Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. This is what God is going to say. In returning and rest, you have been saved. Now, I want you to catch this, okay? In returning, solitude, getting back to what matters, and rest, slowing down, you shall be saved. You will be saved. But now watch this. That's not enough. But in silence and trust, you will gain strength. See, the key to solitude is understanding, yes, we, we, we need it, and thus we need to slow down. But I don't want to be merely saved. I want a relationship with God that's vibrant, that's dynamic. But for that to happen, the prophet just said, it's in silence. It's in the silence. It's in the trust. And we're going to talk about that next week. That's where you get your strength. But you ready for this? This wasn't written, okay, by way of encouragement. It was actually a, re a rebuke because Isaiah goes on to say, but you were unwilling. You're unwilling. See, if we want to be closer and hear the voice of God, then we're going to have to want it more than anything else and I want so bad that I will step away. I will shut out. I will get off the merry-go-round of this world. It's not something I dream of. It's something I'm going to do. Let's talk about that thus far. What's going through your mind? Well, I know that passage well because I do that pretty much every day. And it's like the Lord tells you exactly what to do. Be quiet and repent and trust. And then it goes, like you said, right down. But you would have none of it. You would run and do this and run and do that. But then it also says, yet he longs to be gracious to you. And I love that because that's kind of every day for me. I start the day out with the Lord, you know, and okay, I need to go at his pace. And then as soon as I get in the kitchen, start running and doing this and doing that and doing this. And, and then you end up, it says you end up like a banner on a hill, just totally nothing. And that's how you feel when you run like that. But yet God is so gracious, you know, like you were saying, even if we can't, even if we can't do that full minute, if we just try, you know, if we just, if our hearts are such that we long and want, like you said, to be with the Lord, he's always there for those who seek him. My, my, my two-year-old daughter reminded me of this this morning as I was driving over here. Um, I, I love music, so I always have music playing. And I have music playing out in the car. And she goes, she goes, Daddy, turn the music off. So I'm like, no. She's like, Daddy, turn the music off. She's like, turn it off. So I turned it off. And she, she just, she, I saw her in my rearview mirror. And she just was on her car seat and just smiling. And then that taught me something because I'm just like, first of all, what is she experiencing right now? But... I think so many times as believers, when we're going through trials and tribulations, um, we quickly pray, God, get me out of this storm. Get me out of this. But man, I, I believe if we really, in that moment, we say, okay, God, I'm going to slow down. God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to listen to you. What are you trying to teach me in this moment? Because God is always trying to teach us something. 
You know what I mean? So I try to now as, you know, as we go through things and even in this season that we're in, I'm like, okay, God, I'm not saying God, take me out. I'm like, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? But I have to be able to slow down and listen and trust. Even at times when I step away, so I have a, a daily time, unfortunately what I do is I, I don't do the second thing, I don't shut out because what I do is I bring into that step away time my to-do list for the day. Mm. And I bring it before God, okay, God, would you bless mm. this? And, and he keeps coming over and over again, listen, I created to be a human being, not a human doing, and I need you to be with me so I can teach you what that is, I, so I can talk to you. And that's hard, that's hard. Yeah. It's so hard for me, silence is so hard for me. And I think it's more than, for me, it's more even than what I like or I want, but it's actually become a comfort. There's actually a comfort in the noise. Yeah. And, I, and I equate that to like, Karen will say, like, when I go to bed, I love a, f you know, we have a fan sometimes, a fan runs. Or so I actually like a, sometimes a TV or a radio even going. But I, but I think as I'm starting to search, there, there's, we, we've accustomed, our, accustomed ourselves to, that it's a comfort. Yeah. There's a comfort now in the noise that we've somehow got to reprogram ourselves to have a comfort in the silence and in the stillness of God. I have a... Uh a standing fan and my ceiling fan going at the same time when I sleep. So I have that comfort and noise. And there's even apps you can download on your phone that have different noises that you can pick from that you can just play while you're to, to fall asleep to. Yeah. Um, and like you were mentioning with the uh, people going on vacation and then needed, needing a vacation from that vacation, once they get away from their daily life of work and they go on that vacation, they have to fill it up with other work that they give themselves or to keep, to keep themselves busy. So they're never actually really resting. They're never actually taking a vacation. They're just filling in the time that they would normally be at work with other stuff to keep them busy. So when they're done doing that, they're still tired. They never actually rested. They never actually sat in that silence. Let me ask a question. And it's a question we've been asking for the last couple of weeks, but what is it about us? that we actually think we know best, that we've bought into a rat race, we've bought into a, a, a noisy world, that that's just the way it is. We surrender so quickly to that. And, and we want success, we want to accomplish. Could it be that we're missing out and settling for so much less? if we could actually just be still and know that he is God. That maybe actually there is a God. And maybe actually he created us, uh, as the Bible says, uniquely and wonderfully made. And maybe just as, as real as that is, he actually gave us a divine purpose that has eternity all over it. And, and in that, we would actually be able to experience what Jesus said, life to the full, which we all want. But we think it's in who we marry. We think it's in the kids that, that we have and how they grow. You know, uh, our occupation, uh, what's in the bank, you know, what's not in the bank, what we own. And we're chasing all this stuff and we know we're going to lose it all. And yet God, I just wonder sometimes, God's going, I have truly what Paul said, beyond anything you could think or imagine. It's just, it's staggering, isn't it? 
settling for something else. Uh, that that just that, that that resonates with me because you're you have to be. I have to be very highly intentional, highly intentional to go after this and intentionally shut all that noise off, intentionally block it all off. And so there is, I think, a, a settling that we just we've gotten so used to noise of this going off, that going off. That we almost block that off, but we don't intentionally take make that silent, make that silent moment that you can join God in that, join Him at it. The, yeah. the, the picture of a lake smooth as glass also is a mirror because it reflects when it's mm. totally still like that. And I think a lot of times, if I'm honest with myself, I want some noise because I don't want to have to look in the mirror. Mm. of who I really am. Mm. I, I don't want to face that. And so you've got to want it. If we're going to understand solitude and what it really means to slow down and experience silence, the power of silence, you're going to have to want it. You're going to have to step away. You're going to have to shut out the world just like Moses did. But here's the second, and I think it, it's probably the most important part, you have to be willing, not only want it, you've got to be willing then to step in and set still. So you've got to step away. The tent of meetings was outside the camp. So you have to get away from the camp. You've got to get away from the things that you're familiar with, those things that you're accustomed to. And we've got to not only step away, but shut it out. But once you get out to the tent of meetings, you've got to be willing to step in and then when you're in, set still. Now, this is going to be hard. You know, I was growing up, I was told that if you want to be seen, stand up. If you want to be heard, speak up. If you want to be appreciated, shut up. Okay? I mean, that's what I was told. All right? I know it's a little harsh, but maybe we need to learn to hush. Maybe there's something to it. You know, there's an old an acronym, okay, and I want you to write it down. It's the word WAIT, W-A-I-T. And you know what it stands for? Why am I talking? Those who wait upon the Lord, why am I talking, will renew their strength. That's what the Bible says. Well, that's what Moses understood. Look at verse 9. Whenever Moses entered, stepped in the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend. Now watch what happens. Step in, God comes down. See, it's one thing to step away, isn't it? It's one, way, it's one thing to just get up and get out and get away from it all. But when we're in the presence of God, we've got to step into that presence. And when you do, God comes down. I just found that interesting. It's an emphatic order here that Moses entered, the pillar descended. In other words, if Moses didn't enter in, God isn't coming in are coming down. You with me on that? So when Moses entered, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, almost kind of locking the gate, saying no one's getting in and Moses ain't getting out. All right? And the Lord would speak with Moses. The Lord would speak. There's something about entering into the presence of God, but when you're in there, setting still. You know, it's been said that silence is golden. You ever heard that? Well, unless you have a toddler, then it's suspicious, right? Okay, but, but, but we all know a lot of kids that we know that they need to have a time out, right? It's one thing to get them to, to, to set. Yeah. And it's a whole different ballgame to get them to set still. <laughs> okay? 
I wonder if that's how God feels about us. Our devotional time. Our Bible study. I, I can tell you this. It's amazing to me how many people, when they tell me, why do you go to that church? It's not boring. I, I just find that very interesting. I know a lot of people when, in our services who complain when it goes an hour and 15 minutes. I'm not sure we ever entered in. You following all that? I, I will tell you this. You will never hear God over a phone, a television, a computer noise. You've got to set still. And that's where the silence comes in. It, it, do you notice the process here? It's one thing to step away, okay, to, to, to shut out. It's another to, if you will, step in. We hadn't even gotten to silence yet. And then when you're finally in, now you have to sit still and shut it out. It's like, it's like Elijah. When God spoke, he wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the fire. He was in that still, small voice. You know, there's an old hymn that goes, Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our striving cease. Take from our souls the strain and the stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Breathe through the heats of our desire the coolness and thy balm. Let sense be dumb. Let flesh retire. Speak through the earthquake, wind, and fire. O oh, still small voice of calm. I love those words. They're so poetic. They're so beautiful. You can't even read them fast. You know, as St. John Clomactus says, the friend of silence draws near to God. We struggle with just being silent, but to make it our friend? It's the friend of silence that draws near to God. You know, before refrigerators, uh, they were, before they were invented, people used ice houses to preserve their food. So you read, you'll remember these. They would cut large blocks of ice from frozen lakes or streams, and they would haul it back to the ice house and cover it with sawdust so it wouldn't melt. Well, there's a story about a man who lost a very valuable watch while he was working in the ice house. He searched diligently but to no avail. In fact, others came along to help, but they couldn't find it. Until one day, a small young child slipped into the ice house, and a few minutes later, he came out with the watch. Everybody was amazed, and they began to ask, how in the world did you ever find it? He goes, ah, that was simple. Watch what he says. I just stepped inside and closed the door behind me. And then I laid down in the sawdust and I kept very, very still. And soon I heard the watch ticking. I just like that. 
I, I've heard people say to me, Pastor, I wish, I wish God would just talk to me in an audible voice. And I'm starting to believe he actually does. In fact, he talks in better English than we ever will. I think he talks just like you and I talk right now. And I know many people would say, well, if not most, if not every. Well, I've never heard that. Because we're not willing to step inside and set still long enough that we can hear him ticking. I mean, we're just thrilled. I ask people, so how was your time with God? And, and I never hear someone really say to me, it was the most amazing time with God. I sat for an hour, just nothing. And God began to speak. I don't hear that. Oh, I read from this passage. I read from this gospel and I prayed, talked to God. <laughs> You're never going to hear the voice until you step away. You shut out. You step in and then set still. Silence. Silence. The Bible says that Adam in the garden, God talked to Adam. We just read that the Bible says that God talked to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. But that happens inside the tent of meeting. It's a crazy thing, isn't it? You know, it's a story about a young man who lost his job and didn't know what to do. So he went to see his pastor, pacing around the pastor's office. The young man ranted and raved about his problem and went on and on. Finally, he clenched his fist. He turned and shouted, I've begged God to say something. Why doesn't God answer me? Why doesn't God talk to me? The old preacher sitting across the room behind his desk simply spoke, but the young man couldn't hear him. What'd you say? The preacher repeated himself, but again, the young man couldn't hear. So he quickly moved across the room until he was leaning on the preacher's chair, face to face. And he said, say it again. I couldn't hear you. And the old preacher spoke one more time. Sometimes God whispers, so we will move closer to him. Do you know what the Bible says in Zephaniah? Be silent before the Lord, for the day of the Lord is at hand. I think the day of the Lord is at hand. I think this is a moment for us. This is a great time for us to learn to be silent. What's going through your mind? I think it's become hard for us as, as believers because we've conformed to the things of this world. And the Bible tells us don't conform to the things of this world where um, our devotional routine, our Bible time is so quick. We live in a, in a so, life that's so fast-paced that we want to get done with it that we don't give God the time. You know, and we, okay, I did my devils for five minutes. I read that. Now I just go on. And I think that's part of the problem that we just haven't given God the time that he deserves. So many times we want to talk. We want to tell God, like you said, I read this and this, and then we don't just stay silent. And I know that God has been teaching me that because I like to talk. God's just been telling me, be silent. And I think that could be because going back to first point, we don't, we don't want it. Yeah. We don't want to hear 
because we're, we're constantly talking and you say we're spending time with God, we're, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Maybe that's because we really don't want to hear what God has to tell us. This uh, uh, message and the message before last week has really created a desire for me, a want. I'm wanting, I'm wanting in this time at home, I'm wanting to just hang out with the Lord and because the Lord wants to hang out with me. And, and as much as I love hanging out with friends, you know, I mean, that's thrilling to me, being with other people, being with other women and having coffee. But to think that God wants to just sit with me and me focus on Him, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do what you're giving us the message for. These scriptures, to be a friend and be silent, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. God's been teaching me so clearly. It's not about anything that I can do. Jesus is enough. You know, like you said last week, He is enough. And just let that go, that constant chasing. And it's a world, it's a world teaching. It's not acceptable to do this, to be quiet and to be slow. That's not acceptable in the world. I mean, you gotta, you gotta work hard and you gotta do your best and you always gotta be moving. But that's not what God says. It's so easy to get sucked into what the world says. God does speak. We've seen it. Face to face as a man talks with a friend. But we're gonna have to want that. If we're going to experience solitude and, and, and start that process of slowing down, of which we have to do, but now silence, God will speak. But we're going to have to choose to step away. We're going to have to choose to shut out all of the world's distractions. And then when we're with God, we've got to step in. But in that inner sanctuary, to learn to truly set still, to silence, to want that more than anything else and willing to do that. Oh my goodness, he'll speak. He'll speak. And I'm going to say it again, you'll hear him tick. Silence is so difficult, especially in our world of noise, isn't it? But as I stated in the message, for me, it's trying to silence all that noise in my head because my mind never shuts off. How about you? So do we really want to hear from God, of God, and live a life in God? Well then, it's going to be imperative that we step away and shut out all the noise of the world. Which, by the way, seems impossible, but just maybe any and all attempts is a great start. It was Moses' practice, that's what the Bible says, and that practice gave way to an amazing relationship with God. As we said in the message, a relationship where God talked to him face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. I love that picture. But secondly, and maybe even more importantly, is that willingness to step into the presence of God and set still. This is where the silence begins. That attempt to start letting our minds cool down, shut down, and become so still that just maybe God does talk with an audible voice. I mean, who knows, right? But just maybe, and may I add, it will be the only way we will know for sure, right? So own that an acronym. Wait, why am I talking? Remember the words of St. John Climactus, the friend of silence draws near to God.
So what do you need to do? That next step or maybe first step you need to make. Let us help you. Just text JOURNEY to 313131. You don't have to walk this alone. Also, get into a life group. That step alone is probably one of the greatest steps you can ever make, especially during this time. Just text LIFE GROUP to 313131. You know, I love you with all my heart. God bless you. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.